0: You're listening to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. Brought to you in association with OvertimeIreland.com.
1: Now, here's the OTI Guys. Hello there and welcome along to the OTI podcast. My name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. We're getting ready to look ahead to week 11 in the NFL season. Start to look at maybe some rest of season prospects as we look ahead if your team is in the playoff hunt. There's going to be a lot of fun on today's show as I'm going to be joined by Bob Harris of FootballDieHards.com. And it's always great anytime I have Bob on the show. He is a fountain of knowledge and I'm going to be joined by him in just a little moment. As always, thank you for coming in and listening to the podcast. Of course, please do hit that subscribe button, whether you listen on iTunes or Stitch or your favorite podcast app. Make sure you're uh, doing so and hit that subscribe button. Leave us a written and review it is much, much appreciated. Um, we're growing here each and every week. The listener numbers continue to grow and a thank you to each and every one of you who do come back on a weekly basis. It is very much appreciated. I have uh, one sponsor plug to give as we start off the show. Obviously, you can go to OTI.com or rather overtimeireland.com which is the proper website uh, title and uh, go there. Click on the recommended link at the top of the page and there you'll see all our affiliates and sponsors. And if you make any purchases through those links, uh, those companies will kick a little bit back here to OTI and help us as we uh, run the podcast throughout the season. It is uh, much, much appreciated. And the main sponsor of this week's show is NFL Shop Europe. They are found online at europe.nflshop.com. They've been a proud affiliate here of Overtime Ireland for uh, quite a number of seasons now. And with our link, it is an exclusive link to OTI. You can save 10% off all orders at their website that is store wide anything you're buying on the website just go through our link on the website there are through our twitter feed and that will save you 10% off your entire order on the website they have all the, the latest merchandise up there on the website whether it's the color rush uniforms whether it's hats whether it's uh, just something that you want to buy for your christmas uh, outfit i was even looking at dog costumes for my dog uh, <laughs> you know you get all the sorts of crazy stuff up there but just use that uh, link and uh, save yourself 10% that is europe.nflshop.com so as we uh, get ready to look ahead to this uh, week. Uh, one of my favorite memories from last week, if we look back at it, it's only in the rearview mirror not that long ago, but I had uh, one uh, Superflex league where I had stacked Case Keenum up with uh, Adam Phelan and I had stacked Robert Rhodes up with Jared Goff. So that their uh, team literally crushed it this week. I had uh, those guys involved as well in quite a few DFS lineups. So a fun week all around uh, for that aspect of it. But uh, let's without further ado get the uh, guests on and I'm delighted now to be joined by Bob Harris. It's a lot of you'll already be following him on twitter at football diehard he is the editor in chief the senior editor over at fantasyfootballdiehard.com and of course he's part of the great team at Sirius xm fantasy so uh, it's my pleasure to always anytime you're on my show it's always my pleasure but bob thanks for jumping aboard here for uh, as we look ahead to week 11.
0: I always appreciate you having me on calm it's uh it's always an enjoyable visit and uh and anytime I can delight anybody it's a rarity so uh so I'm all on board with being delightful.
1: Uh, no problem at all. Obviously, uh, it's been—it's uh, hard to believe we're already at this point in the season. I've mentioned that on each and every show that I've kind of done over the last uh, month. That is—it's it's amazing that we're already at week uh, eleven, ten weeks in the books. Is there anything in particular that's uh, you know really stood out for you as the, the season's developed here? Uh, you know, past well, past the midway point.
0: You know, I think you know, like every year, there's plenty of surprises, injuries. I know every year, uh, you know, I hear people say it's worse than ever. It's not. It's like always, and and you just have to be prepared to adapt and overcome throughout the course of a season. And sometimes you get hit harder. Sometimes other people in your leagues get harder. But when you start getting into week 11, I like to reemphasize the importance of divorcing the names from the numbers when you're setting your lineups. I mean, you know, there comes a point where it's not happening. Certain players that you had expectations, that you have investments in, and that's the biggest thing for me in fantasy is, is trying to, you know, divorce those emotions, that investment, the, the narrative you built here for yourself all summer long to get you to draft guys when you drafted them. <clears throat> there's the time to get off the train. And if you aren't already off on guys that have come up short, it's time to get off and start looking at the guys who, who are rolling. And, and something we know, calm every year, and I talk about it every year, is there's going to be a running back, <clears throat> nobody drafted, who wins somebody a title. You know, whether it was Jordan Howard last year. I mean, we can go all the way back to Ruben Drones in Detroit or I mean, even beyond that. It's always somebody. And so <clears throat> be ready to jump on that horse when you see it riding up to you. And, you know, as we get down now, week eleven, it's time to start dialing in your roster for the postseason, the fantasy postseason. So start, <clears throat> you know, hey, look, you you don't need two of everything at this point if that's what you've been rostering. Two defenses, two kickers. We're almost through the buys here. Uh, so, start dialing that back and getting guys that can be useful if you're only going to be playing one of these guys at a time, even at quarterback, you know. And if you find yourself with a surplus at a position like quarterback, start looking at your league and see who's hurting at the position. And maybe find someone coming off a splash game, maybe a Cam Newton who you can't play this week anyway. Start looking for the weakness on your roster and, you know, strength on somebody else's roster and, and find ways to deal for those guys as you head into the playoffs. So, I think right this time of year, You know, getting your roster dialed in is a key thing as you head into your playoff run.
1: Yeah, and I think I might just uh, keep that sound bite now and uh, replay it each and every week because uh, a key thing you mentioned there is adapting as the season goes on, and a lot of people are right. too slow to do that, and you mentioned as well with injuries, that's another key part of adapting, people might have drafted somebody like Spencer where you might have drafted Alan Robinson, Right. you know, you're, you're losing these players week one, and you might have been struggling to get up to, uh, you know, 500 as your season went on, but maybe then whoever's uh, run away with the season loses Aaron Rodgers, maybe they have Deshaun Jackson in their lineup, it all runs around in circles, and you just need to be in there at the this point and then start to make the run but as you mentioned the waiver wire and so on and trades can be such a key part as to adapt and to be ready to to pounce when that opportunity provides itself as you said as well take the take away the name just go with the who's producing and somebody who I've looked at all season long had him in a lot of my teams uh, in the preseason and I was kind of mentioned him on the podcast I had some people tweet me that I was out of my mind and that was Robbie Anderson and he's one of my offseason kind of right. uh, lottery tickets that started to work out and you know if you've him in your lineup these last couple of weeks if you've Robert Woods this past week you know you're the one that's laughing now so that's the way I look at these uh, opportunities I guess uh, if you have Mark Ingram in your lineup or Alvin Kamari you've been laughing over the last couple of weeks too and if we look at how the New Orleans Saints done this past week Mark Ingram rushed for 131 yards and three touchdowns the Saints pretty much crushed the Bills they cruised through this one Alvin Kamara finished with 138 total yards and a touchdown Drew Brees even rushed for a touchdown and then uh, the backup running back there Trey Edmonds rushed for a touchdown as well so everyone got in on the fun no passing touchdowns for Drew Brees. If, uh, if you want to give the Bills some credit, they did keep Drew Brees to under 200 yards, and I think that's the first time in seven seasons that that happened, but that wasn't uh, anything to help them this past week. So the running game is just uh, looking absolutely superb uh, for the Saints' rest of season. Uh, how are you expecting Do you th- just think we're going to see uh, Kamara and Ingram continue in this split? Uh, Ingram is getting the majority of the work, but Kamara is still obviously producing uh, an incredible rate with his efficiency.
0: I do think that's could be the case. It should be expected to be the case at this point. Look, and this is the kind of thing that we, you know, that we're talking about here. When you're talking about, you have to be prepared to accept the the evolution of an, an offense. And in this case, look, for how many years since 2006, Drew Brees has been, you know, rated highly in attempts, touchdowns, yardage. I mean, it's been it's been like clockwork. You could count on him. This year, you can't. And, and there came a point where we realized that. And, you know, you you don't have to force Drew Brees into your lineup anymore. And the other part of that is the fear that you're going to lose out on that big game when it comes. We all know it's coming. But, you know, to count on it, to bank on it at this point seems unrealistic. You know, not just because, uh, you know, they're running the ball well. They're playing great defense now. This is a team with a historically bad defense, you know, in recent years. They've been horrible. And it forced them to play keep up. They don't have to do that anymore. And you look at the schedule going forward. I mean, it's not, you know, overly daunting, but there are some tough games. And I'm sure that, you know, get the Rams coming up if we hit the, you know, week 12 and the playoff stretch, Carolina defense, Atlanta defense, maybe they can make a little more hay there. Uh, New York Jets late in the season, they finish with Atlanta on week 16 in your fantasy playoffs. So that's another thing start looking at those, you know, the, those schedules going forward. But in a case like, you know, New Orleans, they've, they've adapted, they've changed, they've turned into something else. And these opportunities, you know, Michael Thomas is not killing anybody right now. He's not doing meeting expectations, but it hasn't been as horrible as it could be given the pass attacks. The rest of the guys have fallen off the radar. I mean, you can't play Willie Sneed right now. You shouldn't be playing Brandon Coleman ever. Uh, Kobe Fleener is not a thing anymore. Maybe Ted Ginn. I mean, I feel like him as a DFS tournament kind of play, but expecting consistent weekly production from anyone in the Saints receiving core, not named Michael Thomas, get off that train now. Get a piece of that running back situation if you can. And look for owners. I mean, somebody made out, you know, somebody got great value on Alvin Kamara, right? So they're in a good position right now. Maybe you can tie a different running back loose from them because they're in a better position. So look for that Kamara owner. Look for the Kareem Hunt owner in your league who's probably in a better position than he expected to be when he drafted uh, Kareem Hunt. You know, the same with the Vikings running backs. I mean, there's somebody there that's going to be useful to you that that somebody got a great value on, right? So those are the kind of things you look for. But you, like you said, the Saints is like one of the prime examples. And I like the guys you're talking about, by the way. Robbie Anderson, uh, you know, my in my best ball, I have a ton of him uh because he was available so late these guys that were great values that are now producing for you these are the guys that are going to win you fantasy titles don't be afraid to use them
1: yeah, and Robbie Anderson you mentioned he was a great value there was you know at, at times and he actually remember he got arrested in the offseason was times yeah. then when he was uh, you know going in the 20th round he was going undrafted basically and uh, he's just uh, it's just uh, money every week that he's in those lineups now. So uh, just enjoying it while it last. Michael Thomas, you mentioned, caught nine balls for 117 yards. So he is uh, still getting his workload. It's just that he hasn't been uh, finding the end zone. At one point during this game, the Saints ran the ball 24 consecutive times. And uh, that has not happened since 1989. So for the listeners out there who don't know, uh, I was born in 1989. So this is uh, <laughs> basically the first time since I was born that something like this has happened. So pretty incredible. Uh, 24. Consecutive runs, as yeah, obviously with the Bills. Then on their side, it didn't really work out for uh, Tyrod Taylor. He had thir- or fifty-six yards before being benched in the fourth quarter for uh nathan perryman and it has been announced today that nathan perryman is going to be starting this coming week's game so obviously that will affect uh, how we see the skill position players uh, being um you know rotated there in buffalo how do you see for the rest of the season now that you know when i sent you the layout the question was how do i see it with uh, tyrod taylor but i guess now we have to look and we have to say how do we see it rest of season uh, <laughs> with nathan perryman is it an upgrade to guys like kelvin benjamin or uh, how is it going to shake out in your opinion
0: i don't know man. I don't know that any time you switch to a rookie quarterback at this point of the year is going to be an upgrade for anybody involved. Um, that said, I mean, it, you know, he had a little more success throwing than Benjamin and Taylor did, and maybe you know he's more traditional quarterback, more of a traditional drop back guy, has a little height on Taylor, not the same athleticism. So you know, maybe the hope is they're they're going to you know be more of a traditional downfield pass attack. You know, Taylor could hit some big ones, but it was obviously you know something that Sean McDermott felt like he would improve the team. I don't know if it improves our teams. I don't know if it's gonna make Kelvin Benjamin better. I don't know if it's gonna make Charles Clay more reliable. I don't know if it helps, you know, look you know, Rashawn McCoy'd been a bit of a disappointment this year. Anything that helps him would be great. I don't know that this helps him. So uh you know, I liked what I saw last week. I mean I I did like what I saw. I just anytime a guy comes in off the bench and has a good game, I try not to get over enthusiastic because the next team he's going to be game planned for and the opponent is going to know what to expect. And, you know, whether there's a ton of film on him or not, there was plenty in the the preseason and he looked, he looked really good in the preseason too. So, I mean, there is, there is some hope and and I don't think he's enough if I was going to be playing Kelvin Benjamin in my season long lineup that I'm going to quit playing him this week, you know, it's going to depend on my options. The same with Charles Clay. Um, But that said it's, I don't like I don't like the season quarterback changes because it's a sign that somebody is unhappy and that means production is not what it's expected to be. And let's face it, it hasn't there for anybody involved in uh, in Buffalo.
1: Yeah, and I, I think it's a case, I always think when somebody comes in off the bench like this, it's a case of wait and see because you're going in this week, you're going in the yeah. line, you don't really know what's going to happen I'm willing to, to sit these guys this week and see what happens. I think LaShawn McCoy is probably going to get his workload but the run game hasn't been what it what we expected and yeah. Buffalo, he's done most of his work uh, as a pass catching and running back and uh, I think though it might help Benjamin a little bit because Tyrod Taylor, one of his positives has been that he doesn't turn the ball over a lot and a lot of that is down to he doesn't take chances unless it's on a deep ball where he's seen separation with his wide receiver beating the man so i think there's a possibility there that we see it help benjamin as the season goes on but the bills just you know we've heard these rumors over the last two seasons they just have never really been all in right. on tyrod taylor for whatever reason but we like him as a fantasy quarterback because of those rushing yards but it's just not working out for the buffalo bills obviously a player who had a big week this week and that was austin ecular he had 119 yards and two touchdowns while playing uh, most of the later later side of this game ahead of the starter, Melvin Garden. The Chargers uh, may regret that there with Eckler fumbling late on, helped the Jaguars back into the game. It was a really strange game, went to overtime, <laughs> back and forth at the end. It looked like the Jaguars had lost it on a number of occasions, two, uh, two turnovers by Blake Bartles in the fourth quarter. I think even uh, possibly after the two-minute warning. So it was uh, pretty crazy the way it finished out. But Garden managed just 42 yards in this one. Another disappointing performance for him. Is there is there a concern for you that as we go forward here, you know, you mentioned those breakout running backs who can win a, a championship for a team. Is there a, an opportunity for Ecular maybe to, to filter into that there and get that pass, catch, and roll become, mm. maybe we'll call him a, a Danny Woodhead light uh, in that, Roy? Are you concerned about Garden and uh, Ecular another player who I've been keeping a close eye on. He's a very interesting athletic profile, but uh, is he somebody who could could go on and help you uh, win a championship?
0: Uh, I don't, I'm not going to bank on him right now. Look, I, I'm not banking on Gordon right now, though, either. I mean, you know, Gordon kind of is what he is at this point. He's a guy that's going to be touchdown reliant uh, because yards per carry over the, this year and over the course of his career have not been great. It's interesting because we know Anthony Lynn, uh, the new head coach there, I mean, his history as a running back, as a position coach at running back, as a coordinator, you know, he's been associated in 14 years or 13 years of coaching with, like, 9,000-yard rushers. It's been a thing, you know, an ongoing thing. So you would like to see more. I don't know if it's the offensive line, you know, ongoing issues there as much it is, as it is Gordon. It just hasn't been impressive. So, look, I, I, you want to have Eckler on Ross. I mean, there, if Eckler is loose in your league, go ahead and claim him. And But I just I think the workload, I mean, knowing what Lynn wants to do, I, I'm curious if the workload is going to be sufficient for Eckler to sustain that kind of production. Obviously, a big spike game. Nobody's going to be expecting the two touchdowns a week. But the way the coverages worked in Jacksonville came into play too, right? I mean, you've got you've got the you know the best passing defense out there. The two shutdown corners uh, on the same team. Uh, you know, they tend to lock everybody down. I I kind of was hoping Hunter Henry would have the spike game uh, in this one, uh, and it turned out to be Eckler. So. Uh, you know, I'm not banking on him, but at this point of the season, you, you know, when you see guys flash like this, don't be afraid to go out and grab them and see how it plays out. Just don't, you know, just, what do we talk about in fantasy all the time, Colm? Don't chase points. Uh, and and you shouldn't chase points, but much like any fish, and we are fantasy owners, uh, a bunch of fish, you throw a lure in the water, we're all going to go chase it. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and, and And he's the shiny thing at the moment, you know, in San Diego, so... So I'm not averse to grabbing him. I just set expectations accordingly. But I would go ahead and just remind everybody, look, it took me how many weeks to get on to Juju Smith-Schuster because his production was coming on such a narrow band of targets. that It just seemed unsustainable. And now all of a sudden, he, and he's playing in an offense where 65-plus percent of it has traditionally rolled through two guys, uh, in Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown. So I was slow to get on him. And the people who weren't are now hoping my tail. Um, <laughs> I go up to them head-to-head with Juju Smith-Schuster. So I'm trying to be a little more open-minded to things. Uh, you know, it's easy to take the safe approach. But look, when you're working the waiver wire and you see somebody flash, don't be afraid to grab it. Uh, you know, don't put yourself in a deficit for bad budget or whatever, you know, things like that. You know, be, be, keep it realistic and reasonable. But don't be afraid to go after these guys. There's nothing to lose
1: yeah and you mentioned the fab budget that was something i was going to add you know we're at week 11 there's only a couple of weeks left that you're going to be trying to acquire guys on the on the waiver wire so don't be afraid to you don't want to end that season with you know 75 percent right. of that fab budget left so exactly. uh, that's that's obviously uh up to the the person in general as to how much he wants to spend but i think he's definitely in ppr league somebody that needs to be uh, owned in all leagues as you kind uh, of uh, it upon there uh, another team that uh, had a win this week was uh, the tennessee titans DeMarco murray had a, a monster game one of the biggest games of the week for him we mentioned mark ingram earlier he was in, in the same kind of category as him. Three touchdowns for the Titans, two on the ground, and the final pass from Marcus Mariota led to a touchdown through the air. Uh, Murray finished with 72 yards in total. Derek Henry uh, led the team in rushing with 52 yards on 11 carries. And uh, Marcus Mariota, kind of, as we, he tends to do, spread the ball around quite a bit. Uh, Delaney Walker had 63 yards. We had Richard Matthews, five for 50 yards. Corey Davis, four for 48. Uh, and Ty- Tywon Taylor, two for 34. And then I mentioned DeMarco Murray catching that touchdown. So it's been spread around. And it'll probably continue to be spread around. The interesting thing that I thought in this game was that Corey Davis uh, has ramped up again. His uh, snaps coming back from injury last week, he he played a huge majority of the snaps for this week again. He only missed out on twelve offensive snaps, playing in seventy eight of ninety snaps, and he led the team with ten targets. And uh, it could have been a much much bigger day for him because he did fumble one as he tried to get into the end zone, so he would have had a touchdown on top of those forty eight yards as well. So it could have been a monster day. So as it goes on, I'm a big Richard Matthews fan. I'm also a big Corey Davis fan, and I. I'm a big Delaney Walker fan, so how do you think it uh, is going to get shuffled around this uh, Titans offense?
0: I think we share a mind on this one. We are of we are the same mind. I like all those guys. I think right now you kind of view Matthews as more of a floor player, you know, a guy who's going to give you that solid floor every week, and maybe, you know, Corey Davis maybe has a, a little more of a splashier player. Maybe he has a little higher feeling. I think they're all capable of scoring any, any given week. I love Walker as well. I think there's no, you know, over the last few years there's been no more reliable guy for weekly production again another great flora and a guy that has a ceiling too so i like them all and i think mariota you know if you remember that run he got on last year i'm hoping for something similar as we go down the stretch not sure he gets it against pittsburgh but i think jacoby percent would get it against pittsburgh right so i you know just another point uh you know maybe a little off topic of uh, program but but it just seems like the, the NFL has gotten a little more weak. Something that's been happening, it seems to me, especially earlier in the season, you know, it's it's been taking a month for these for us to gain the kind of clarity we like to have going into the season. Uh, I like to say that, you know, September is the new August. It's almost like the preseason. It just seems like the the starters and, and you know, if you look at the, the CBA, the practice time and yeah. the amount of, contact work they're going to do. It's just taking a little longer. It seems like this year it's taking even longer, and and maybe that's just something we're going to have to deal with, It is the NFL, I mean, it's always been a week-to-week sport, right? So, it it seems to be getting more that way as we go along, so you see a team like, you know, the Colts, who had no business lighting up the Pittsburgh secondary like it did, and it was kind of fluky plays. I mean, Dante Moncrief, touchdown, the only catch of the day, Chester Rogers, uh, not known for being a huge threat to opposing defenses comes through with Jacoby protecting So those are things to watch for. So I do think there's, you know, some hope for some splash plays tonight, uh, uh, you know, uh, against the Steelers. But, but again, you know, you're still trying to find some, something to hang your hat on in these, you know, what the matchup is. And I just think this year, it seems like the matchups have been a little less reliable uh, than what we, what we would like as fantasy
1: owners. Yeah, and I agree with what you say about you know the preseason and the starters sitting. So that has been a case over the last couple of years. And like you mentioned earlier, uh, you know sometimes we look back on previous season with kind of uh, a glow in our eyes, and we don't think it was the same as this season. It tends to be the same. But the one thing I have thought this season is we don't have those teams that are going in and really dominate in other teams. We have like three or four teams that are at the top of their division. But then like right. you know, with the Pittsburgh Steelers, who are one of the top teams in the AFC at the moment in terms of their record, uh, then you look at them going against the Colts. It can just just be there's no real team that's going in there even the Patriots we don't expect them to just every week go in and blow the doors off a team so we have seen that up and down and uh, it makes for a lot of fun watching but it makes for a very very hard uh, for predicting uh, how matches are going to turn out so uh, it has been a, an interesting watch you mentioned there Richard Matthews been a floor play uh, kind of as the rest of the season goes on and a player who has been something maybe you would call a floor play but now uh, after this huge spike week we're going to be interested to see what your thoughts are in just a, a moment on him and that is Adam Thielen I've been on this train for quite a while since he came in as an undrafted free agent and uh, at the moment he is just looking like a a legit wide receiver he entered week 10 as the only pass catcher with at least five catches uh, in every game so far this season so there's that safe floor but he he exited at third and receiving he is now 793 yards on the season only behind Antonio Brown and DeAndre Hopkins he had 166 yards in this game, so he's had a monster, monster game, and he had a touchdown, it's his second touchdown in two weeks, and pretty much uh, his average now for the season is six catches for 88 yards, so uh, what's your thoughts on, uh, you know, feeling going forward, obviously Diggs is back, he's looking healthier for the first time this season, I thought he looked fully healthy, he had four passes for 78 yards and a touchdown, so I think uh, we're pretty thinking they're legitimate uh, the rest of the season. You're starting them no matter what. They're kind of both wide receiver twos with wide receiver one upside. And then it's hard to really call what's going to happen with Kyle Rudolph. But it's uh, it's a really, really nice uh, wide receiver pairing. Obviously, Keenum starting this week in week 11. He had a monster game last week with those four touchdowns. But Teddy Bridgewater's there uh, lurking in the background. So uh, all right. which uh, quarterback would you rather see on the field, I guess, for fantasy purposes? And then rest of season, uh, you're pretty much uh, all in on those two guys.
0: Look, we've heard glowing reviews of Teddy Bridgewater. You know, since he got back on the field, he's stronger. He's throwing better. Teammates seem to, you know, support him fully. That said, teammates like to win, and as long as Case Keenum keeps winning, we're you know, this is a conversation that's going to be put off. Uh, you know, he'll start again this week. It's a tough matchup. That's the funny thing, though. I mean, it was a, it was not an easy matchup last week. Uh, that Washington second secondary and they tore it up. I mean, Phelan you know, going up against Fuller a fair amount out of the slot, Kendall Fuller, who's been really good. Josh Norman getting burned repeatedly. Uh, these guys can play. I think the thing for uh, Diggs, I think where we've seen it in past and we're seeing it again this year, he needs to be healthy. When he's not right, it, it doesn't work for him. But he's right. He is a hard-minded stop. He, you know, he looks like, you know, not the prototypical wide receiver one that we think of, much like Antonio Brown. I mean, the, you know, not the big bodied you know, long rangy guy who, who you know but still capable of making contested catches still has the speed to get past guys has the runs of the routes that, that get the job done i like ceiling as well uh certainly high floor guys and that's what you like about him right so because the higher the floor the higher the ceiling we've seen that and keenum is doing enough to get it done i'll say in you know with Bridgewater. You know, if he does come in, one of my concerns has been that it's not the same offense he last ran. You know, they've moved on from North Turner to Pat Shermer, so there's changes there. But he's been in the quarterback room every single day this year, and so it's not like he's going to come in completely cold. He's never going to know the language, and you know, I'm, I'm, I guess it's almost more a hope than anything because you know these guys are there every day. They, you know, something is fantasy earth. we see something, right? Wow, remember Lamar Miller in Miami? damn, why don't they give him the ball more? Yeah. Well, you know, there was something that they probably saw because they're around him 12 hours a day that we didn't realize until he got to Houston and they gave him the ball every play. That's not necessarily the best way to use them. So we have to have a little faith in coaching staff. I realize that can be very difficult to every Cleveland Browns fan ever. Um. But, but, you know, I mean, they are there every day. They're making decisions not based on what we want the outcome to be. They're making decisions based on what they think will get them wins. And in the end, that's the thing you have to, you know, that you can rely on as a fantasy owner. These guys want to win. They're going to, in general, make the decisions that help them win. But right now, Case Keenum is winning. And as long as he does that, he's staying in. I would prefer to stay that way uh, because it's been productive. for guys like Dillon, four digs when he's healthy. Uh, Jarek McKinnon has been a reasonably good play. Latavius Murray even coming on a little bit. You can play Kyle Rudolph. I like the way it's working now. I'm hoping – I'm old, though, and I, I have horror change just in general. So, uh, you know, usually right up until it happens, and I go, oh, wow, why didn't I change that a long time ago? Uh, so, you know, it's not, it's not always for the worst. Uh, good things can come of it. So, uh, for, But for right now, I'm quite satisfied with how things stand
1: yeah and you mentioned earlier in the show you know the, the change of quarterback in Buffalo it usually then it'll take right. us another three or four weeks to figure it out so if it stays as it is it might be a little bit easier for us to go the rest the yeah. season and something that I thought with Thielen over the pretty much over his career as he started to develop more and more I kind of thought of him a little bit like Jordy Nelson but the more he's playing and playing and I know there's the he's white, a white wide receiver but there is that uh, kind of right run ability and strong hands and I, I think he's uh, developing into a really really uh, top top wide receiver and then you mentioned Diggs as well I think he's one of the best right runners in the NFL at present and uh, a team another team that I've, I've enjoyed watching the Vikings based on those two players being in the lineup but a team that I've uh, enjoyed watching over the last couple of weeks and the deve- development of Jared Goff is uh, the LA Rams yeah. of course and uh, I've just I've, I've met, I'm have sick of saying it at this stage I said I can't believe the turnaround from last year to this year uh, from Goff it's been impressive uh, he's true for 355 355 yards and 3 touchdowns this this past week and uh, really tore up the, the Houston Texans Todd Gurley rushed for Sixty-eight yards. Also caught six passes for sixty-eight yards. And Robert Woods. I had a, a combination, quite a few different uh, DFS lineups of Jared Goff and Robert Woods, and right. that obviously worked out. Jared Go- uh, Robert Woods setting a new career high with one hundred and seventy-one yards on eight receptions, two touchdowns, and that. So it's been spread around. Sammy Watkins got in as well, forty-one yards and a t- touchdown for him. So it's been a, a great uh, kind of a couple of weeks here for this team. They're spreading it around. Uh, the coaching staffs doing a fantastic job. And I mentioned Goff, but Rest of season with those pass catchers that I mentioned, uh, how are you expecting uh, to go now as we head forward? We mentioned the Vikings a minute ago, and the, actually that is the matchup this week, the Rams and the Vikings. So uh, the Vikings are a tough team to pass against. Could this be the week where right. we see the, the Rams slow down a little bit?
0: Sure, it could come any time. I mean, you know, the last three weeks they've outscored, I mean, inferior opponents, the Cardinals, the Giants, the Texans. And so that explains the combined 93-point differential. But, you know, we've seen it. It's not like we've seen it, haven't seen it, in the, it, it you know, throughout the course of the season. And, and it seems to be number one, great credit to Sean McVay, who comes in. And, and I remember watching the, the 49ers game. I was that week three, call? Uh, you know, he's sitting on an ice chest, drawing up plays, I think, whatever he was doing. And I just kept thinking at the time, I'm not sure if he's drawing up plays. I'm not sure what he's doing. But what I am sure is I don't see any other coaches do that ever. And, and sometimes in this league, I think I think I he's suggest- trying. To, he,
1: he, he's learning. I think he's trying to learn as he goes as well. Because he is, right. after all, he's only thirty. I, I mentioned I was born in nineteen eighty nine. I'm twenty eight. He's two two years older than right. me. he's managing one of the highest scoring offenses in the NFL.
0: And I think there's something to say for that willingness to think differently and to approach things differently. And I think it's paying off for them now. Also paying off for them now. Andrew Whitworth, uh, uh, who you have to wonder how much the Bengals wish they had him back right now, right? So. Uh, and and what, what what I think we are going to come away from this year, if we didn't already know it, and we've been picking up on this and we become more sophisticated, you know, as we move, you know, progress as fantasy owners, uh, we're all going to pay, be paying a lot more attention to offensive lines this offseason. They make a difference. They make a huge difference. If you don't have one, you're going to stop. Just, that, that's how it is. But you're, that, you're point blank. And I can remember talking to the former Broncos GM Ted Sunquist once you know, we were talking about offensive lines and and he said, "You look, I mean, you know, you have a list of guys that you can call when something happens, but they're not. There's a the reason you can call them when yeah. something happens. <laughs> right. So that's, you know, that's always a big issue. The Cardinals have struggled with that at times this year. Uh, so I think the Rams are very fortunate in how they have their offensive line. They're very fortunate in the coaching staff. Uh, I apparently we should have believed Todd Gurley when he told us last year it was a grade school offense that Jeff Fisher was running, uh, yeah. uh and 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 now it's not. And I think these are guys that you're going to play every week going forward, regardless of matchup. And it extends down. I mean, in DFS, you certain you know you're still playing the the Tyler Higbees and Gerald Everett, uh, you know, of this world in tournaments because they might score because a lot of points are happening. The schedule does get tougher going forward, though. That might be a concern. It'll be a good test for them. Uh, one that I'm willing to take with them. Uh, <laughs> Jared Goff will be in lineup. Todd Gurley will be in lineup. Uh, Robert Woods. Uh, that's funny because I considered Robert Woods that one of those under, unsung floor guys that you want to play every week. I was with Mohamed Sanu in that same category. They, they were getting, a, you know, the, the targets were even and they were getting reasonable production. All of a sudden, Woods has come out now, and we've seen the speed. We've seen uh, the willingness of Goff to take advantage of him. And what he does, I think, you know, his, his floor has raised, and his ceiling is now something I'm more interested in than his floor.
1: Yeah, and as well, with him, obviously, just coming over this offseason as a free agent from Buffalo, uh, you'd expect as the progression goes forward with him and Goff that they're going to get a better rapport, and it's just going to get better as things move on. So he was one of those guys I thought was a safe floor play this week and uh, had him in a flex in quite a few leagues, and he he really obviously paid a huge dividend. And you mentioned offensive lines. That's something that I always try and keep an eye out on, but as we often see, if you were to rank the top five offensive lines in the, the preseason, and then what we see when we get to this stage of the season, it right. can change so much, and injuries happen so much there. And you mentioned like one player, like Whitworth can make such a difference on that line. So uh, we've seen it with right. the Cowboys this past week as well against the Falcons. You know, you miss one okay. player, and uh, one guy, uh, Adrian Claiborne, goes and gets himself, I think, six sacks against the Cowboys. So uh, it's pretty much... fifty
0: thousand dollars in the process. And, look, I mentioned Arizona. We've seen that they've had the injuries where, you know, they've had weeks without the guys they needed, then they have weeks with the guys, and now, again, without Humphreys in particular, D.J. Humphreys. big uh, Con- difference good. Right, and we've seen what it did for Seattle. I mean, the offensive line play all year long, but this goes back to last year. And, you know, Cincinnati, I would suggest, is another team that has just been, you know, they have been held well in check as much by their own offensive line as they have by opposing defenses.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. 100% continuity on that line is definitely key. I mentioned the Texans, the Texans already, and uh, with uh, Deshaun Watson out of the lineup and Tom Savage in there, it's been a huge, huge drop-off, and that drop-off can be measured as 244 fewer (laughs) points per game for the team so that is obviously not working out well for them I mentioned as well there on the fact of the Atlanta Falcons Devontae Freeman uh, ended that game very very early on with just two carries he suffered a head injury was later ruled to be a concussion Tevin Coleman stepped in in his place he had 20 carries for 83 yards and one touchdown on the ground. So that is a second concussion since the preseason for Freeman. It's his third as an NFL player. So obviously they're playing on Monday Night Football against the Seahawks. The Seahawks have been not as strong as usual against the run this season. But it's up in the air as to what Freeman's status is going to be. It's obviously concerning having those two concussions in such a short period of time. But when you look at it, rest of season, I want to get your opinion. If you could only keep one of these running backs, which would you rather have rest of season? Bearing in mind that Coleman obviously uh, has had, uh, has a little bit better health at this point.
0: Uh, honestly, right now, I mean, a guy has had two concussions this year. That's a concern for me. Uh, I, I, you know, I, when I saw this last one, saw him walk off the field. It didn't appear to be bad, but that doesn't really mean anything. You know, we we put the eyeball test to these things. That's not really the determining factor. It's going to be the testing and the baseline, you know, comparisons to how he was in the past. Uh, look, if I had to pick one right now. It might be Coleman. Just I, I still think Freeman is the lead guy, the better player. But boy, that little bit of a uh, of doubt in the back of your mind is going to be an issue. You're still going to be playing him if he's playing. You're going to be hoping for the best. You know, half the problem there for him though has been the Falcons. You, you know, this is another one that I was worried about all summer. You know, anytime you change an offensive coordinator, uh, a guy from Kyle Shanahan not just that he was successful and they were wildly successful last year, we know that, but it had taken them a year to get there to that wildly successful. And that's not unusual. You know, it's not necessarily how it has to be every time, says Sean McVay. But in general, you know, a quarterback needs some time to assimilate even if they're just making adjustments. It's the way the plays come in. It's how they call the game. It's the approach and strategy to calling game. And part of that this year to me has been a failure to stick with the run when when probably it would have served them well. Uh, so that's a bigger concern for me for, for Freeman and Coleman in general. If you held me, you know, slap me awake at 3 a.m. and put a flashlight in my face, I'd probably give you the Coleman answer
1: yeah no i think i, I agree and I, i've liked coleman uh, all throughout his nfl career and you'll remember uh i think it was three off seasons ago now he actually won the starter job and he i think himself i think it was right. a constraint he suffered that ended up giving freeman their role. uh freeman had a monster game against the cowboys yep. and kind of never looked back so uh but i i think uh coleman just he's been given limited opportunities this season but when he has been given those limited opportunities he has produced so i'm interested to see if he does get a game or two where it is just him how he does uh, rest off season and Obviously, uh, we're looking ahead to week 11, and I know that uh, we're recording this one on Wednesday, and I know you're uh, grateful enough to record this uh, at 2 p.m. Eastern. I know you had a deadline uh, today of 5 p.m. Eastern for an article coming out. Uh, and uh, Do you want to give the listeners a, a little preview of that article and uh, make sure they go and read it in full then?
0: <laughs> I've been doing a petite notes article. It's kind of a preview. It's what I uh, what I use to set the table every week. I mean, there's a lot of people out there that do these huge weekly articles. Evan Silva, you know, article is one that leaps to mind. Mine is not nearly that good, but it's kind of the same kind of thing. You know, I've been doing it for 20 years every week, and, uh, uh, you know, you throw about a 1,000 words per team out there by the time it gets ready. So you can get that at Football Die Hards, tons of stuff there, uh, all kinds of content, rankings, multiple rankings updated constantly. I think we've been in the top 10 of fantasy pros. I haven't checked where we are right now, but, I mean, we're doing a pretty good job of the rankings. Plenty of tools, columns from some really sharp minds in the fantasy biz. So. Uh, a lot of good stuff there, uh, and, uh, and I'd highly recommend it. I think you can get in for, I think we charge like a dollar a week at this point of the year. So uh, the amount of content I'm doing, you know, constant news updates and, you know, kind of articles and updates throughout the rest of the week, that, you know, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 of those a day some days. So so jump in, check it out. It's worth a, it's worth a look
1: yeah and uh you mentioned there those uh the articles you know that you do and you mentioned Evan Silva two other ones I want to give a quick mention to one is Ben Gretz is doing a phenomenal job with yeah. Rotoviz with his uh piece each and every week the uh, Stealing Signals piece and the other one is Mike Tagliere and his piece is just a monster that he's writing every week yep. for Fantasy Pro so Read those and uh, you get smarter.
0: <laughs> it's funny because, you know, I mean, look, as you do this, you know, you don't have a lot of time to read a lot of these things each week. And there are certain things that I do make a point of reading every week. And there are certain guys that I make a point of reading every week that I think do a fantastic job. All those guys you mentioned are, are on that list, as is Mike Clay, uh, my colleague on Sirius and from ESPN, uh, who uh, who I think is, you know, one of the best thinkers in the business. I read him constantly. I love Matt Harmon and Matt Franciscovich at NFL dot com. I read their work every week, uh, every chance I get. So there's there's a lot of guys out there that I wish I had more time to read. Uh, and do everything Rotoviz does. I, it's <laughs> like they they went out and kidnapped every genius on earth and locked them in a room somewhere and make them do this work. So uh, it's great stuff. And 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 I think uh, you know, look, well, I've been doing this long enough that that uh, I've seen I've seen a lot of people come and go in my 25 years. And uh, and at this point, there has never been a better a broader uh, swath of of sharp people doing this and providing fantastic content uh, that really does. I mean, it's not just helpful, it's vital.
1: Yeah, and I think that's one of the things as well when we're on that topic that kind of elevates the fantasy football community is that we all tend to try and lift each other's work up. It's not just listen to me and don't listen to anybody else. We try and spread the love around. So obviously uh, you mentioned your 25 years as well. Uh, For the listeners that don't know, this guy is a legit Hall of Famer in terms of fantasy football. So you should definitely be following him if you're not already. And his Twitter handle is at FootballDieHard. And that's the best way to follow Bob and obviously get all the stuff he's got going on, whether it's radio shows, whether it's podcast appearances, or whether it's uh, the work he's doing in general at uh, football diehard so do check all that out make sure you're following as always bob it's uh it's been my pleasure
0: uh, i always appreciate coming on appreciate the invite and uh always willing to do it whenever you need me
1: and with that i'll just give a few quick plugs to the stuff i've got going on this week recording two other podcasts you can find them up on rotoviz.com or if you're listening to rotoviz radio get subscribed to that as well find out all the great shows up there as i am the uh, assistant executive producer of the channel Uh, around 10 to 12 podcasts a week between all uh, parties involved over there. I'm doing two of them this week and uh, one of them is Rotovis Fantasy Beat and I'll be previewing the Patriots and the Oakland Raiders on that one so do check that out. It's always a fun show. The Fantasy Beat comes out on a Friday and then I recorded last night which was Tuesday the Rotovis highlight read. I was talking with Sean Siegel. A lot of you'll know him as Mr Zero Running Back. We talked about uh, you know as he is now the co-owner of of Rotovis. We talked about running Rotovis as a day-to-day operation, a week-to-week operation and of course uh, some of the articles that he is coming out so do check both of those out up on rotobiz.com and of course make sure as i mentioned at the start of the show you are subscribed here to oti i do appreciate that uh, very very much uh, i appreciate each and every listener that calls in and listens to us uh, through their ears each and every show and uh, of course follow us on twitter at overtime ireland send us those start set questions and other dilemmas you have uh, this coming sunday it's always fun to get that interaction going on the twitter feed and of course until i'm back next week the show actually next week i'll give it a little mention to this is going to be coming out due to the thanksgiving Uh, i'm recording it on monday i'm gonna be joined by adam rank so if you have any questions you want me to put to adam send them in uh, after listening to this and uh, send them to uh, twitter obviously or overtimeireland at gmail.com and then i'll be back on uh, that early show next week with adam rank and until then have a good one thank you for listening to the overtime ireland american football podcast please follow us on twitter at
0: overtime ireland Check out OvertimeIreland.com and continue to spread the word. This has been an Overtime Ireland production.